Brought to you by Feitner Productions. From the Unreasonable Doubt Studios, in association with Feitner Productions, this is Laying Down the Law! With your host, Billy DeClerc, and co-hosts, Kristen Drenning and Curtis Rutherford. Featuring a jury of genius jokesmiths and paneled with the help of Publishers Clearinghouse, auditors from the firm of DCH Lottery Management, and selected by random draw from a hermetically sealed mayonnaise jar every Tuesday and Thursday at half past never. Only a madman would bring these people together to construct an entire virtual world of law and order simply to tear it asunder with ruckus laughter. That madman is attorney Billy DeClerc. The result is a podcast blasted to the farthest reaches of the interwebs. That podcast is this one, and it starts right now. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, a comedy podcast hosted by me, the Rocky Road Shenandoah of the courtroom, Billy DeClerc. <laughs> and I'm co-host Kristen Drenning, actual lawyer, storyteller, short shepherder of uh, fledgling improv babies, and now a recruiter to the podcast guests. Uh, speaking of which, let's meet our guests. Today, we are pleased to welcome back to the show my hilarious friend, Kelly Johnson. Hey, Kelly. Yay. Welcome back. Happy to be back. Is the baby in college yet? God, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited to bring a new guest today, one of my teachers from the Pack Theater in Los Angeles, Hollywood, California, a hilarious and successful comedy writer, actor, and professor of amusement, Mr. Dwayne Colbert. Hey, thanks for having me. I love that professor of amusement. I wish I was helping. <laughs> Oh, so bad. <laughs> I could teach it that at Hilarity University. Yeah. <laughs> well, not to be outdone, Billy, I've brought in as an addition to your replacement, or if you want to keep this show going occasionally, you want to have him back all the time. He is, wait for it, an actual lawyer. He hails from the LA area and he's truly one of the best improvisers I know. Please welcome to the show for the first time. His name is Andy Morrison Esquire, improviser at law. Hello. <laughs> hey, Andy, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm really excited. And if you want to take over, um, I, I would love it. I was working on the outline and I just thought maybe someone else could write this outline and do the preparation work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. you know, look, Dwayne won an Emmy and Kelly's actually brought another human into the world, but fine, you're a lawyer. Great. Super. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I would, not, I would not compare a trinket to a bringing another human in, but uh, you do you. <laughs> I'm seriously thrilled to have all of you on the show today. Before we get into our case of the week, I have a recorded message for our guests. Hey everyone, it's your president, Joe Biden. It's great to be here on my favorite podcast, America's Best Law and Comedy Show, Laying Down the Law. Folks, I know malarkey, but these legal clowns are no dog-faced pony soldiers. If they work hard, like my dad, they might get a 1967 Corvette complete with classified documents and Hunter's laptop in the trunk, like mine. Those are jokes, people, jokes. Laughter is the soul of America. And these kids get it. So let's unite. Turn up the volume on your FM radio and listen to attorney Billy DeClerc and his gang of comics on laying down the law. Oh my gosh. I am very yes. proud of that. That was special. <laughs> that was special. I got uh, chills at Dogface Pony Soldiers. <laughs> I mean, Hunter's laptop. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I learned from Dwayne that comedy needs to be specific. So, uh, you know. Also, uh, I mean, you don't have to reveal your magic, but how do we do how do you do that? Well, I will tell you. I will tell you how I do it. I mean, it's, it's not my is there, magic. It's also, is there like some legality? It's like, can we just get people to say <laughs> like whatever we want? chatbot type thing. <laughs> this is like that, generated. It's yeah. like that 30 Rock thing with the Seinfeld vision where they just have all uh -huh. the... <laughs> like, yeah. Are we allowed to do this? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a deep fake. I created a deep fake of of Joe Biden that was um, using um, as my assistant for script writing. I use ChatGPT, and um, there's a website called Eleven.com where you can take a vocal print of um, of anyone, create a, a an nice. auditory model. It takes some tinkering to make it sound realistic, and then um, that's that was the pretty good. United States Marine Corps band with the and I put it together in audition. That's my. Uh, contribution to if you if you like just disappear after this like I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I forgot to tell you i'm also posting this on discord um oh, along yeah. with some <laughs> documents it should be fine <laughs> oh wow well i'm glad you all were interested in playing along now it is time for the case of the week This week's case of the week hails from the great state of Texas. Um, where, that's right. The don't mess with them, right? That's right. Uh, that's exactly the motto. That is the motto. Um, I think that had to do with litter removal, but it kind of evolved. This is from 1893, and this is a, a case taught in the remedies course. Um, Andy will remember remedies. Remedies, oh, yeah. uh-huh. Remedies are the things you get. The reason you file a lawsuit is to get the remedy. So the most common remedy would be money damages, but then you figure out, well, how do you calculate it? And so the, the there's a whole law school course on the different types of remedies. And this is a case that has to do with the difference between general or direct damages and consequential damages. The case is called Buck versus Morrow from 1893 in Texas. Any questions before I give you the facts? You know, I was going to say some Texas-related things, and I said, a, nope. No yep. Texas-related things. I know I'm trying to build my audience. Um, mm -hmm. you know, um, right already, after you alienated all I've, of the... I've already alienated Florida. Um, the federalist and, and I've lost Latvia based upon mm -hmm. that one incident, you know, where <laughs> I made the comment. Um, and so just trying to hang on to different geog geographical... Uh, groups. So if you're listening in Texas, I hope you I hope you saddle up your wagon and give it a good lesson. You just lost Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, 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 there they right go. Right there, you lost Texas. <laughs> Wagons, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So one H.C. Morrow, landlord, leased to one A.C. Buck, hence the case Morrow versus Buck, a pasture in Wise County, Texas, for a term of five years, a five-year lease, which started on the first day of May, 1886. The rental rate was $125 a year. Now, every time I say a money amount in a prior year, somebody says, well, how much is that today? So I actually <laughs> researched, <laughs> which I never do, because it's I knew Curtis fun. wouldn't be here to figure it out. So this is smart as rule. This is just for these smarmy little... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Curtis, when he's here, he's a, he's an SAT tutor, among other things. And so he'll always just tell me the math and, and I don't have to think, but he's not here. So I'm going to, I did it. A dollar in 1886 is now $32. 
So it was around $4,000 a year, which is still a steal. Doesn't seem bad at all. I know. For a pasture? You have to remember that this time in Texas, it was like basically just desolate. There was like very little going on. So yeah, it's and it's not that way anymore. I understand. No, now we've filled it up with with brim to brim cowboys everywhere you look. It's not just the cowboys, it's the hats, right? The hats also. A little extra room. So the contract said that after the second year, if the landlord, Morrow, decided to sell the land, he would compensate Buck, his tenant, for any and all losses occasioned by the sale. That was their contract. And they knew at the time that Buck was using the land to graze his cattle. After two years, Morrow did sell the land and Buck was dispossessed. He no longer was allowed to use the land. The issue that was presented in the case, the trial court case, was that Buck, the lessee, wanted to offer evidence of his damages. The contract said he would get whatever losses were occasioned by the sale. Buck wanted to offer evidence from one J.L. Campbell, who was uh, helped him with the herd, um, not like the ear with the herd of cattle, um, that at the time he lost a property, he had 140 head of cattle, and that Campbell was in charge of the cattle, that they had looked diligently for another pasture for the cattle, but they couldn't find one. And so once they got kicked off the pasture, they were on the commons, just public land running free. And they were at large on the range for five months before they could get another pasture. It's a little hard to imagine for me, but I'm I'm trying to picture, like I'm thinking, since I'm in California, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, when you drive up I-5 and there's just nothing. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Bakersfield. Uh-huh. Ba- well, Bakersfield's a it's, city. It's like the Texas of. Uh, <laughs> it really is. Bakersfield yeah. has high that... speed rail. Do they? Well, I mean, <laughs> they're gonna. <laughs> no, no, they are. <laughs> I would say the cattle farmers are really anti that. There's a lot of signs on the five and the 99 that are like, not in my yard. It's going to be a, a, a railroad check right through those signs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about Bakersfield lately because I was reading these stories about Lake Tulare coming up and like all this, you know, basically farmland turning into a lake and all the signs I've seen driving up and down the I-5 about more dam storage and, you know, where water flows, food grows. And I'm like, you asked for it. You got it. (laughs) There's plenty of water now. Of course, I don't know how it's going to stay, but at any rate. So the head of cattle are wandering about uh, home on the range. And um, during that time, they had to hire another cow hand to keep them rounded up. And the cow hand charged $1.50 a day, which would be $32 times one and a half would be 16. So that would be about $48 a day, which is somewhat higher than lower than minimum wage. But that was considered a reasonable charge. So he had incurred this additional cost for another cow hand for five months. And they did everything they could. They were reasonably diligent to keep those cattle from straying. But, you know, when they're on the range, the cattle do tend to go where they go. They lost 15 heads of cattle, each of them worth about $15 a head. And Mm. they diligently searched, but they could not find the cattle. 
This is trying to feel like the SATs. I feel like there's yeah. like a math yeah. problem yeah. at the end. It's like a math problem. <laughs> Do we get a stake at the end? Is that yeah. what happens? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How many cows are left and how much is it worth and what's the inflation? <laughs> and well, what rate of speed is the train traveling through Bakersfield? The high speed rail. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then they, they also offered evidence of the cost of putting the cattle in another pasture. Well, guess what? You don't have to answer that SAT question because the judge said none of that evidence would be allowed to be heard by the jury. Oh, thank God. The jury didn't get to hear a word of it. The judge said no. no. That's harsh. He said, this not- is not a math class. We were not hearing. <laughs> yeah. Right. This we're was- lawyers, not mathematicians. We're just trying right. all this. <laughs> probably exactly what the judge was thinking <laughs> i'm sure he's like he's like this is hard i don't know oh my god uh, you just, just lost texas in just, head. <laughs> so it was it was excluded that evidence was excluded so the jury never heard any of that evidence because the judge ruled that it was immaterial it was not relevant the reason was the judge said that the damages were provided for in the contract If you remember, I said close to the beginning that the contract said that if Morrow sold the land, Buck would get losses occasioned by the sale. And so the judge reasoned that the the losses were the cost of finding a new pasture. So all this other stuff about hiring another cow hand and losing cattle and um, and and all these other expenses while the cattle were roaming the land was not admissible evidence because it didn't go to the contract. That was too far. It was those were consequential damages. And so they said the measure of damages that are available to Buck, if the jury ruled in favor of Buck, is the difference between the contract price, $125 a year, and the rental value of the pasture for the rest of the lease. So basically the benefit of the bargain. So let's say he his lease rate was $125 a year and it was really worth $150 a year. He would get that difference. Those were his losses because the, the court was applying the benefit of the bargain that Buck had bargained to, to get this land at a certain price. And I guess prices were going, maybe went up. And so he would get that. If it didn't go up, he'd get nothing. So Buck unhappy with his uh, outcome here, appealed and argued that this testimony pertaining to the consequential damages was excluded in error. Okay. Are we with, do we have questions, concerns, thoughts, need a break? Um, So far, so good. We're we're good. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So the, the court of appeal agreed that the correct rule for damages in a lease situation are the damages that are incidental to the breach of the covenant of quiet enjoyment, your enjoyment in the land, your right to possess the land. So what are the consequential damages? What consequences flow from that? However, the court of appeal disagreed about the way to determine those damages and reasoned that in addition to the difference between the rent to be paid and the actual value of the land, the tenant may also recover as quote unquote special damages. These are special damages, Mm -hmm. whatever extra expense and damages that are the quote natural and proximate result of the breach. So the court is considering essentially that you can have other expenses other than just the value of the land 
as part of the, the consequences for the breach. Immediately in my head, I think of like somebody meticulously setting up a bunch of dominoes leading to like a little, like little figurines of plastic cows and then just like letting them all just like go off, you know what I mean? Until, ooh, oops, they knocked over the cows. And that's sort of what I'm envisioning as the natural approximate rule in action. Right. And and so this is, um, for, for those of you who haven't been to law school, this issue approximate cause, it's a phrase, it's a legal phrase that is a squishy, they're squishy words, they're wiggle words. Um, as my one of my law school professors said, uh, with no ambiguity, there's no billable hours, and without any billable hours, there's no money, so learn to love ambiguity. Proximate <laughs> cause is an ambiguous phrase, which is just how close is too close? How far is too far? What what's a what's the natural and proximate close proximate close cause that results from the damages? Because if you think about it from a high enough level of generality, everything is caused by everything else, right? Everything relates to everything. If a butterfly flaps his wing in Texas, you know, there's a tornado in Florida or whatever that, you know, what is that? I think that's that's a butterfly exact effect. Exactly. Uh, Something like a that. movie based on that exact. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> that's how we got Ashton Kutcher. That's <laughs> where he comes from. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that's the, so the idea is that because we can't really figure that out, we don't really know. We just throw it to the jury, to the jury to figure out, eh, you know, what's reasonable, what's too close, what's too far. And uh, and the judges aren't supposed to decide things that are questions of fact. And it's a question of fact, like how proximate is too proximate. And so the idea here was that the jury needed to hear all this other evidence and consider it. Doesn't mean that the jury necessarily had to accept it and decide that it was all the proximate cause, but it was an error to not allow them to hear it and decide whether hiring another cow hand and losing 15 head of cattle while they're you know free on the range for five months and have to get another pasture, whether all those additional costs should have been the fault of the landlord who kicked the tenant off. So the, the idea, the original rule assumes something and the court of appeal goes out of their way to point this out, which is that the rule that the trial judge applied, which is you just lose the value that you gained by the benefit of the bargain, it assumes that a tenant can go out into the market and immediately obtain similar property, which perhaps in Texas in 1886, maybe you could find similar land to graze, to have cattle graze on. But you know, when you think about things that are fungible, right? Land is considered non-fungible. Every piece of land is unique. It's not like it's a, um, does anyone drive a Honda Civic? <laughs> no. Okay, it's not, or a Prius. Anyone drive a Prius? A Prius or a Honda Civic are fungible. If you if you have one if you have one Prius or a Honda Civic's got a, you know, 25,000 miles on it, it's going to be roughly the same as another, you know, another same color, same model, same year. They're fungible, it's comparable. You can go out and just get another one because there are many of them. They're 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 all the same. In this case though, the evidence was that it wasn't fungible. He didn't have the ability to go find another pasture right away. He didn't have the you know, there was no pasture land available and he had to let him go across the wilds of Texas and try and keep them rounded up with no fence. It's got to be hard to prove that something doesn't exist. It is. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely a good point, like to prove a negative. But also, I feel like there's a lot of unspoken subtext in this case because cattle ranchers have insane rules amongst each other. And to even reach court, like must have just involved so much like uh, menacing, bullying, 
stealing of cows. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of, there's a lot going on. It's dark. I gotta say, I was surprised at only 15. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They don't even talk about any of the rustling that could have been happening. And a lot of, you know, cattle lawyers that, you know, kind of lost their business over the years because it's, you know, not as much cattle law work as there once was. One yeah. of the great shames. And now it's all, now it's all was. crypto. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, <laughs> so if the court draws a distinction and talks about the idea of other pastures, so they say the expense of finding another pasture may have been correctly excluded because that's the same thing that he lost. So you would be double counting if you counted the loss of the one pasture that he had, and then you counted the expense he had for a replacement pasture. That's that's double counting. That's unfairly enriching the defendant. But the other stuff, the extra cow hand, the loss of other cattle because he couldn't find it, um, and they were diligent, you know, it would have been up to the jury to decide if he was reasonably diligent. So the court says, maybe there, maybe we draw the line there because another pasture is sort of like the one they had there. Now, if you go back a couple of episodes in the podcast, we talk about a replacement cost of, uh, we talked specifically about a landfill, uh, mm. whether two landfills are the same, but uh, you can have to listen to that episode if you want to hear about that. It's a, it's a humdinger and I highly recommend it. Yes. Fully <laughs> worth every dollar you're going to pay to listen to it, mm-hmm. which is nothing. Is it too much of a spoiler to say landfills are like, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, they got a, in that case, they got a much better landfill to replace much, much it. Uh, uh, you know, like the, there is like, you know, like the Cadillac of landfills, by the way, that's my nomination for that episode title. Like, oh my gosh. Like, that is Cadillac actually really landfills. great. That's yeah. a good one. Yep, nailed it. But the court says the uh, these other effects, if they can show and convince the jury that these are the proximate cause, then he could be potentially able to recover damages for those losses. And so it was a mistake. It was error for the trial court to prevent the jury from hearing that evidence. That's the case. Kind of a, a short one. It makes me wonder what this judge thought about the jury, like what he was worried about, like, oh, these yokels are going to just like hand, you know, the kingdom over to this rancher or alternatively that they were going to I don't know, like unfairly. I just, I feel like there's a lot of, of inner town politics going on here that we're mm-hmm. having. Mm-hmm. Um, before yeah. I say something, I got to ask Dwayne a question. Dwayne, have you been on a jury? Uh, I was a, an alternate that I ended up not being, having any use at all. So I didn't go to full trial. It stopped right before we were about to go. Yeah. Oh, oh so you sat, you sat through the trial, but you didn't get to deliberate? We, we sat through like maybe two days just, and then that was it. They were like, oh, we, you know, they worked out a deal. Okay. Well, Andy's tried cases to a jury, I'm quite sure. Yes. It's a, it's a complicated thing because you don't know what the jury knows and what they don't know. And so judges and, and lawyers tend to be anxious about juries. And what there's a lot of the, the entire um, intent of the rules of evidence is you don't want the jury to hear too much or hear the wrong thing because we're afraid their passions might be inflamed or they might be confused by irrelevant things, legally irrelevant facts. And um, uh, and so there's a lot of gatekeeping. I like to describe it as a type of theater. And uh, and I always tell I always tell my clients, well, you know, in a trial, you have stuff that's on stage and you have stuff that's off stage. And so we fight a lot about what gets to be on stage, what the jury gets to hear, because a trial is very much a show with a 12 very powerful audience members <laughs> who will either throw nickels at you or <laughs> throw vegetables at you. 
depending on what they think. Is throwing nickels at you a good thing? Because that sounds even meaner to me than throwing <laughs> vegetables. <laughs> really? I was like, I don't know. Is that I mean, we're lawyers. We'll take money <laughs> however we can get it. If it's flying it nickels, would, we're jumping. I think it would take a lawyer to find that enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> this this was a weird contract, I thought. Like, what a, I think in today's world, landlords usually hold most of the cards. Mm. So why would you, like, was this a very tenant friendly era why would you have to give somebody normally it's just like hey sorry sold your lot good luck have fun <laughs> you yeah, can't was... stay here anymore and mm-hmm. also t- two years in like we're two years you know we're not we're not married you can you can <laughs> this is you know so it's kind of weird that i'll pay for any problems you have in the future if i sell that land is like that was very uh pro r- rancher maybe mm. so i'm no. wondering who introduced that that was my thought. Like, did is that Big like a standard? Is that boilerplate at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's weird because they, yeah. Well, if they, I will say that if the landlord was thinking that the rule was what the trial court gave them, that's a pretty good deal because you know the damages are just the difference in the value. So the only so had the had the original trial court ruling stood, the landlord's damages would be capped at the difference between one hundred twenty five dollars a year and whatever. The pasture was worth for the rest of that time and so even you know even with land values going up a little bit you know let's say they went up five dollars a year or something his damages would have been for three years fifteen dollars if if i might interject if if we interpret this as like broadly uh like as as you were saying andy that it's very beneficial to the rancher in this way I think it's their legal backdrop at that time was like very much so encouraging the highest use of the land in Texas. That's why we got like such weird rules of adverse possession because there were a lot of people buying and selling the land and then not doing anything with it. So the court generally as a policy thing wanted like to support people who are actually doing something on the land. And that's probably why those terms were so favorable to the person actually making use of the land rather than the owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today you probably see um... Uh, you know, you have you can see like a right of first refusal um, or a right of first offer in a, in a lease, perhaps um, that if you're going to ever ever going to sell, I get an opportunity to match it. In California, if you if you have a lease with one landlord and it's purchased by another person, you may not be able to stay in the property if the, depending on the circumstances of the sale. Um, the lease may not be honored, and so yeah, they could. It, it depends on whether it's residential or commercial and bunch of other stuff like that. But yeah, that's it. I think that's a really good question. Okay. So I think we have enough time for Comedy Court. What do you think? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to have Comedy Court. And we're back with Comedy Court. This is the case of the missing snow globes. Mm-hmm. Company. Here's the story of coronavirus. When the government was clearly unprepared All of us had heard the dire warnings And we all got scared It's the story of a world pandemic Where we all were told to lock down in our homes With lots of hand washing and social distance Now we are all alone Till the one day when And we had to overcome our doom and gloom We might die alone without some human contact 
You're on mute. Live comedy the second Saturday of every month at the Pack Theater in Hollywood. A. What's the name of company A? Big Globe. Big Globe delivered <laughs> the wrong kind of snow globes to company B. What's the name of company B? Uh, globes are us. Globes are us. <laughs> Big Globe delivered the wrong kind of snow globes to Globes are us. After discovering, discovering the mistake later in the day, Globes are us insisted that Big Globe come pick up the wrong snow globes and deliver the right kind of snow globes. Big Globe refused to pick up the wrong snow globes and said that it couldn't supply the right snow globes because they weren't in stock. Globes are us sued for breach of contract and they won. The question is, what are the damages that Globes R Us are going to get from Big Globe? Would they be the refund of the amount of money that Globes R Us had prepaid Big Globe for the snow globes? Reimbursement of expenses that Globes R Us incurred in sending the snow globes back to Big Globe and or payment for the increase in cost that Globes R Us incurred in buying the right snow globes from someone else and or other consequential damages. Hmm other losses incurred by the breach of the contract because of special conditions or circumstances that wouldn't be ordinarily predictable from the uh, wrong snow globes being delivered. So who's gonna represent Big Globe and who's gonna represent Globes RS? Um, I would like to be Globes RS, the winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Dwayne. I am Big Globe. for Big Globes. <laughs> big Globes, sure. Oh, big globe, not big globes. Big globes, yes, yeah. big globe. I would just like to say that I am a not a totally unbiased, a fair-minded, not globe at all uh, oriented judge who is also not chat GPT, marking a huge departure from our previous treatments of these cases <laughs> in, in comedy court. <laughs> all right, I want to add one additional fact now that we've got everything figured out here about the, 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 the case of the wrong snow globes. Big Globe knew <gasps> that Globes RS needed the new snow globes on a particular day because all of its stock of snow globes was going to be taken away the night before. And as a result, Globes RS had to rent new snow globes until the right order arrived. It's just like... The hits just keep on coming. <laughs> <laughs> this is rough. It's going to be rough. That's okay. It's all right. Um, yeah, it's too bad I don't smoke anymore. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Judge. Go ahead and call the case. I'm going to observe. 
All right. Well, uh, I'm presiding over this case, uh, which I'll tell you right now. I want no malarkey. I want no shenanigans. I want no globe-related bad behavior. I think we're going to play a nice, clean game here. Now, I want to hear first from the appellant, who I've forgotten which one is the appellant. I am unsure. I believe well it's Big that. Globe. It's Big Globe. I'm high on the bailiff. I'm just, just filling in. Mm -hmm. yeah, no I didn't want to dive right in there and be rude to your honor because I respect your honor and your honor Thank is very you so honorable. Much. Um, what did you want to hear, Your Honor? <laughs> I want to just tell me why is it that I should reconsider this verdict from below, mm -hmm. in which I I I found against you, or that they found against you? Yeah, I don't think yeah. you found anything. No, yet, I didn't honor. find anything. That's right. I'm a you are very balanced and fair. You are mm -hmm. unglobed in your decision making into all mm -hmm. the facts have been laid out. And I said one of the facts that should be considered, and I, I think it's the real reason why we're here, is that um, you know justice is blind. And, and they're blindly holding a, a scale. So I don't feel like, you know, the balance has been set uh, in a way where you don't want to lay out a precedent where, you know, anybody who does makes a, the smallest of mistakes uh, can be ruined. Uh, so I think that's what we're really, really here about is like, uh, did you, you know, does someone want to ruin us or they actually do care about globes in a way that makes them, you know, uh, they say globes are us, but I, I don't know what they mean by that exactly if they want to bring this case. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So to clarify, you are you're you're arguing that the scales of equity, the balance of justice, uh, is is perched upon the fact that it would be unfair, having made a tiny mistake, to destroy Big Globe. You don't have to say that. You know the eloquence with which Your Honor just you know regurgitated mm -hmm. back to me my my words and, and and elevated them. I would say to a, a higher understanding uh, was amazing, and uh, I think you captured it well, Your Honor. Thank you. I am, let, let the record reflect that I am winking at counselor. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm going to receive that wink in, uh, in, in the most honorable way. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And now let's hear from the little guy. Uh, little tiny globes are us. I object, Your Honor. That's, that's prejudicial. That's, that's wrong. <laughs> let, me, let me hear from uh, globes are us of an indeterminate size uh, better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, and I just wanted to say that I'm so grateful that the um, appellant, as we uh, known heretofore, uh, brought like up when you say it, but okay, brought up that justice is blind because you know what else is blind? The children oh. waiting <laughs> <laughs> that were waiting for those snow globes, oh. and when <laughs> the wrong size was delivered, you know who's going to notice? People who that, can only feel things. Duh, you can't see mm. them, right? So it was of the utmost importance that the glo snow globes be the right size, the size that we ordered, the size that these young people were so looking forward to. And then to get the wrong size, to not have them available, to give to these people, and then be told back and forth, you know, we'll give them to you, won't give them to you, it's this much money, it's more money. It was just, you know, I hate to say it, but it was it was big business doing big business. Uh, counselor, I'm, I must I must ask you, I'm looking at the, the record from below the transcript and I'm and I'm not seeing anything on evidence that shows that there were blind well, children to be receiving. these. <laughs> so it, it's one of those things that you that was just known. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, as far as damages go, it was more kind of like an emotional like, a you know, uh, so we didn't want to bring it up, but 
now that we're here uh and in, in your presence uh i figured might as well just throw it out there um in case sure sure that's legal procedure for sure yes <laughs> i just figured that's how the law worked there is an inferred blind children rule uh in the principles mm -hmm. of justice and adjudication yeah and sure. when it comes yeah. to snow globes you know it's just mm -hmm. it's it's how the business works and not everyone may know that uh but it but it is okay okay uh do you have any rebuttal uh for that uh, I absolutely do, Your Honor, and that was just uh, amazing of you to to know that. It's almost as if you have a you know some sort of sense, uh, can tap right into people's you know emotions and whatnot. Um, the only brother I would say, Your Honor, is that uh, I don't know if uh, if if the opposing uh, counsel here, um, I don't know, has ever encountered children. Uh, knows you know what children are about. Have been around them in any way? Because uh, quite bluntly, Your Honor, kids don't care. Uh, they don't care about the size of those. We've we've tested that over the years. That's why they call us big globe and not globes are us, which sounds mm. like a lie. I keep trying to hammer that home um, because you know kids kids really don't. If you put anything with water in their hands uh, and they won't get wet about it, that's a miracle to them. It's like the magic trick all over again, Your Honor. Um, so uh, they they're trying to play with emotions here, which are unnecessary. I mean, and order is an order. It's actually we've been doing this for thirty years. It's the first time someone's ever called us on it so uh to us it's not even a mistake really it's just like the the way we go about our day <laughs> okay okay and anything uh in, in response to that uh globes are us um well i'm so glad that he brought up hammers uh because <laughs> um i didn't want to bring this up before but um some of the globes weren't even globes uh, <laughs> we got a box of just random shit and <laughs> some of them said you know from the desk of john lebowitz and i don't even know who that is but i'm sure he's looking for his tools so i just want to know how they're running things over there uh, excuse and me I i'm sorry i'm, I'm don't mean to interrupt. I'm John Leibowitz. I think you have something. <laughs> oh, here it is. Great. Thanks. You guys just enjoy. Thank you for grabbing that. I appreciate it. Uh, so frankly, I don't think we need to pay for their disorganization in that so-called organization. I rest okay. my case. I'm sorry. Right. Leibowitz is not spelled correctly, Your Honor. <laughs> okay. I, could, I will I put that on the damages record. As well, I'd like to line up. Thank you. Um, I'm afraid that you cannot at the at the appeals level <laughs> uh, enter in a new uh, cause of action. But moving aside from that, he can sit by us. I would like to. I would like to just take a moment to pontificate. I would like to say that both uh, both the uh, attorneys here have uh, wrongly focused on the relative trauma uh, of of these globe errors on the intended recipients, which is wholly um, uh, irrelevant and not at all germane to the assessment of damages for a breach of contract arising co between two corporations. Neither of you are these orphans or purported orphans who are purported. I never blind. said that they didn't have parents. Blind, oh. blind orphans, Your Honor. Okay, right. <laughs> You're making that would in this scenario, that would make that worse for you, not better. But that's fine. They can be blind. <laughs> if, if uh, like. I just want to be accurate, Your Honor. I'm just showing okay. an honesty here that Commitment to fairness. They, they are blind. They are blind. 
Okay. <laughs> Back to these children who are not at all parties to this case, their relative trauma, not at all germane to the assessment of damages here. Yeah, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I was complimented more by Big Globe, and they also sent me a lovely fruit basket off the record. So I, I uh, yeah, thank not you. Not that I researched your favorite fruits or anything, but yeah. The, the, the honeydew was a nice touch. Uh, um, so I will say this. Having really fully got over the records, I don't see any problem in just uh, limiting the scope of damages to the cost of the breach. And that's it. That's it. That's that sounds it. perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank just you, the Anna. benefit of the bargain. That's right. It's your, your lovely brain. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and <clears throat> starving blind children out in the hallway getting nothing. Uh, you can have some of my fruit basket. I do not like cantaloupe, and you may have that. Mm -hmm. I guess that's okay. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Lady Justice yet again tips the scales in favor of, of equity. And you heard it here, folks, on Comedy Court. The case of the wrong snow globes decided in favor of Big Globe. Oh, we're just gonna we have the lawyers for Big Globe just on their way out. Uh 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 counselor, counselor, uh, yes, yes. you just won. Um, do you have any comments, uh, the thoughts about the uh about the the ruling in this case? Well, we appreciate the ruling. I mean, your honor is obviously a genius. Uh, you know, just a testament to the court there. Uh, but I do want to say, and I'm you're the first to hear it, that we will be um uh, bringing forth a suit uh to put uh globes are us out of business because we just feel like it's false advertisement. They don't wow, well, you heard it here first, folks. That is it. That is breaking news here on Comedy Code. Oh, I, I need to run and get the counselor for Globes Are Us. Uh, excuse me, uh, a counselor, counselor. Uh, you just got a, a, a sweeping uh, ruling against you. Absolutely devastating. How is this going to affect you? And more importantly, how is it going to affect the blind orphans? Well, frankly, um, I don't even know what went on back there. Uh, I, I don't know how we got here or how I'm going to get back to my car right now. Um, I, I worry for the children. Um, I have heard some rumblings that maybe they're going to bring a suit against us, which as their biggest client and the only people that really buy their big ass globes seems odd to me because we're the ones patroning them. But um, frankly, I say bring it on. I say, I say, bring it on, and next time our fruits are going to be bigger than their dumbass globes. That's all the time I bite. <laughs> oh, uh, you're on. Oh, uh, it looks like the judge is here. Um, we're going to get um, unprecedented access here on Comedy Court. Uh, your Honor, Your Honor, Your Honor, can you tell me a little bit about your ruling and why you ended up going in favor of big globes instead of globes are us in this case? Well, you see, uh, what it really comes down to is just how darn hard it is to find a globe of a certain size. And I would say, let's be real, it's not hard at all. There are globes of every make, model, and uh, and relative circumference available all over the world. So the fungibility is high. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that is a lot of fun, Jabul information <laughs> from your honor thank you so much for this unprecedented access here on comedy court it seems folks that the test really here was about how much fun and how much fungibility we have with globes well thank you very much your honor this has been comedy court when we come back improvisation here's the story of coronavirus the government was clearly unprepared all of us had heard the dire warnings and we all got scared 
we're told to lock down in our homes with lots of hand washing and social distance. Now we are all alone. Till the one day when we learned the world surrendered and we had to overcome our doom and gloom. We might die alone without some human contact. That's the reason we all meet by Skype and Zoom. But you're on you. You're on mute. Live comedy the second Saturday of every month at the Pack Theater in Hollywood. Um, uh, mom, dad, uh, can can you come in my room and and, and help and, and talk to me? I, I, you know, obviously I can't walk out there because I'm blind. No. <sighs> you could Sorry. if you want to, but it's fine. We'll come in. I've been spending the last hour and a half uh, feeling the outside of this round object. And I, I have to tell you, I'm completely mystified as to what's inside. I appreciate this birthday slash Christmas present, uh, but I just, I just don't know what it is. I feel like you could know what it is if you really <laughs> wanted to. I mean, I, I, it feels like there's something inside. I shake it and it, it feels like maybe there's water or something inside, but I I really don't get the point. Gosh, the clues keep coming in. You know it's water. You know what water <laughs> sounds like. You just said there's water inside. Accept that reality. Add to it. Dad, you're always criticizing me. I'm your blind son, and you're just always telling me I'm supposed to know things I don't know. God. You know what, Tim? You throw that blind card at me one more damn time, and I'm going to put you across my knee, and I'm going to show you just how blind these swings can go on your butt. <laughs> oh, Dad, come on. Uh, welcome to uh, Globe Therapy Associates. I am uh, a specialist certified MD, QT, MYI, FYI, CQ. Uh, and I'm here to help you learn to recognize the size and shape and relative circumference of various types of snow globes. Are you ready to commit to that work? I mean, I, I, I think so. That's not the can-do attitude that we have here at Globular Therapy, uh, certified, uh, all rights reserved, trademarked, copyright, uh, not ever going into the public domain. Okay, now tell me, uh, young man, what is it that is, is, is keeping you from recognizing a smooth round shape in your palm for what it is? I mean... Uh... Is it a lack of sophistication? Do you need exposure therapy? I'm not, I'm, I, I'm at a, I, I, oh, my he's dad helpless. is mean to me. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid this one is not one I can help. Uh, so even us wonder wizards of uh, the globular therapy world cannot help those who do not help themselves. I mean, I feel like, isn't there such a thing as mandated reporting? I mean, my dad's been whooping my ass since I was three. Is that something that maybe you would maybe help out with? My parents left me here three hours ago. I've had nothing but three cashews to eat all day. I mean, you know, uh, I, I have a jelly bean, have a jelly bean. I'm with there's Thank there's you. two issues going on here, one of which 
very serious and which will require reporting. The other is your lack of will <laughs> to understand the heft and weight and substance of a, of a circular object filled with either snow or approximated sand and water. Hi, thank you for calling mandated reporting. Um, so I just need to know, is the butt whipping, how fungible is it? Would you say, you well, know? I, I think there's probably a robust market in people willing to whip the, the whoop the butt of a, of a I'm going to say young man who refuses to acknowledge snow globe sizes. Mm. But at the same time, I do feel it's not as fungible as it could be because it's also illegal. So, okay, okay, you know. okay. And and the damages incurred are just strictly uh lost cattle. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey there, neighbor. I notice you've got a whole head of cattle behind you. Uh I couldn't help but notice that she you got a nice looking uh do they call them flock whatever they call them of cows. Uh I heard Oh, it's a herd. herd. I heard that. Thank you so much. Um, I am just, I happen to be an entrepreneur in the area. I oh, I happen to own, as far as the eye can see, right straight into the other valley over there. I'm your nearest neighbor at about 50 miles or so. So uh, I'm just saying, oh. do you have any need to graze those cattle? Well, of course I do. And uh, you said as far as the eye can see, well, the eye can still see in my... My desolate dry land, too. Yeah, Not it is like a your, sad piece of property. Your lush looking land that's allowed to water when I ain't. And do you see how I've helpfully erected fences, which will keep the cattle from straying off of my giant amount of land onto other giant parcels of land that are not my own? Look, I don't need my nose rubbed in the fact that I don't know how fences work, all right? You sure are a crazy one to set up a cattle ranching farm, having clearly no idea how to do such a thing as raise cattle, but I'm here to help. My father always said, if you want to do something, you got to challenge yourself to figure it out. <laughs> I've been figuring it out for the last 30 years or so, and it's worked out well. It's worked. It's, it's, it's something I do. Speaking of 30 years, that's about how long I'm willing to rent you my giant, gorgeous, luscious piece of land right here in central Austin, immediately located uh, adjacent to the capital, which surely will never need to be developed into anything else. And so I will give you not only the quiet enjoyment right to this piece of land, but I will also pay you should I happen to have to sell it to, say, a giant hotel or chain or uh, McDonald's or Bucky's. Mm hmm. Seeing as I probably won't be here in 30 years, I think this is the sweetest deal ever. <laughs> sucker. I mean, yeah, great doing business with you. Yeah, great doing business, in quotes, with you. With Moo. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know you was an artist. That's right. I am a highfalutin city type who only is visiting for the weekend. In fact, I don't even have an accent at all. You lost Texas. Deal's off. Hi, this is the 1-800 uh, number for mandated reporting of bad business deals. Um, what seems to be the trouble? Yeah, well, I was trying to build a Bucky's on a, a big ass piece of land and there's a bunch of cattle there and the guy is just not moving. He says he's not even going to be here for 30 years and yet he's really putting it to the test. 
Well, that sounds like something the government should take action about. Well, that's why I called you. Well, Lord, that's why we have government reporting for business deals. So how do we get him off the land? Well, I think that there's somebody needs a good talking to and perhaps some exposure therapy. <laughs> and maybe a whooping or two. Possibly. <laughs> so can can I get you in there? Sure. Why don't we why don't we uh just uh, I'm just gonna truck on down to that land and see what's going on there. <laughs> What are you doing here on my giant voluminous piece of property? Hi. I'm back and I brought this guy who's I'm with mandated reporter. I'm here with the government. I'm the Department of Mandated Reporting of Bad Business Deals. I understand there's been a bad business deal going down that uh, prevented a Bucky's from being built here. Are you trying to tread on me? Uh, well, that's what the government does. Is we do we do the treading, we do the retreading, we do the uh, disrupting, we do the uh, pretty much, you know, if, if there's something you don't like and you want it to change, that's what we're here for. That's what the government does. You aren't with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms now, are you? No. Okay. No, no. But my cousin works for the, the Division of uh, Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms Mandated Reporting Department. And I'll work. call him if I have to. I'll bring him down here, too. I don't give one F. Well, I have ATF. I just happened to be in the area and picked oh. it up on the uh, the radio. Thank God. Well, that's it. We're gonna have to bunker in. Come on, Clem. We're going down. We're going down into the into the survivalist bunker. Bunkering. It. You know, I was thirty I, seconds in, and there's already bunkering. I ain't even wear my vest. You know, I gotta tell you something, uh, Fred. You know, the, every time we get the, we at the Department of Mandated Reporting, we have many subdivisions mandated reporting. Uh, you know. People just don't seem to understand what our role is. Yeah. You know, we just, we're just, you know, the people report to us and then we. I am a civil servant. That's right. And all I do is hear complaints. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can report something other than complaints. You can just That's report true. maybe you had a good day. That's and true. Reports that. That's well, true. I'd like to report something. There yes, are. Hello. <laughs> there are. Mandated uh, random reporting. <laughs> What's your issue? Uh, the land that I want to build my buckies on, where the landowner is bunkered and hunkered down, there are 15 cows in that bunker. <laughs> and I Over want my them... dead body, are you getting them back? <laughs> I want them out, because I want to make that bunker into a bunkies. <laughs> Gosh, this is all so confusing to me. <laughs> let me, hang on. Let me pass I say, you on hello, is this the Department of, of Mandated Reporting of Random, Random, what is it? What was the department? I forgot the Random Issues. Random yeah. Issues, yes. Yeah. I was trying to find out uh, is there a number for mandated reporting of, of good things? Because I just wanted to say it's an exceptionally nice sunny day here. And I feel like there's somebody I need to report that to in the government. Is, is this the right department? Gosh, it's not. But oh. I, as just a human being, just a person to person, I love that kind of shit. Okay, well, let me just tell, me. I'll tell you a little I bit about the this. nice day I'm having. Oh, no, no, it is. I love that kind of shit, too. I'm looking out my window right now, and there are mangoes on the mango trees, and and, a, and a, apparently a, 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 a murder of crows landing in the trees. And oh, yes. picking somebody up talking about having a good day? I'm sorry, I was from the NSA. I just happened to be listening in. Yeah, uh, this guy's having an incredible day. Let I love, love, speaker. I love incredible days, man. Go it's on. Going, man, this is... <laughs> 
Oh, well, um, yeah, I was just, um, you know, I was just outside and, I, you know, catching some sun and, you know, I got a ton of money in my bank account and, you know, yeah, you um, my car is working. Oh, yeah, that's right. You've known NSA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't pay any attention to that, uh, that $11,000 deposit of uh, cryptocurrency. That's uh, absolutely 100% legitimate. No, um, I was going to pay attention to you said that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad I brought it up. You know, it's um, it um, it's a. Uh, it's a little bit of compensation for, let's just say I did some deals in the Cayman Islands and um, they didn't want to pay me in gift cards. So. You know what? The Cayman's is not as nice as it, as it is right here outside. So why don't you go yeah. on with your good day? Yeah, we're, we're getting a little dark now. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Other cow, other cow. Uh, I, I noticed you're on that piece of property that's fenced in. Can I tell you, it's a lot, the grass is a lot greener here on the other side. Come on out. Move. Thank you. Thank you. I'm cow Satan in this scenario. <laughs> Don't Agreed. listen to cow Satan. Don't Grass is a lot greener. Grass is greener over there. Grass is greener over on this other side. Don't fall for it. You know, I've been over here. I, I don't know how long. And, and every day I keep thinking tomorrow it'll get greener. But it's the <laughs> same green. Same. It's so not. It's we're just licking up dirt here on this side of the pit. Something to ruminate on. More being good. <laughs> That's weird because on this side of the fence, there's mango trees, which are unheard of in this part of Texas. Do we even like mangoes? <laughs> Everybody likes mangoes. <laughs> I'd like to try one before Eat I mango. die. <laughs> Oh, cows. Oh, cows. <laughs> You're not going to get to dry any mangoes. No, it's just grass for us. Never quite green enough grass. Well, Satan seems to be offering something really awesome. Mm, yes. Mm, why don't we head over? Uh-oh. These cattle are trespassing. I will buy the right of Texas adverse possession or something like that. I will steal them, take them, and then make them into steak. That's the end of that. Oh. <laughs> we made a terrible mistake. That was a mistake. That's the end of all of us, cows. All cattle everywhere ends the same. Oh, that was, I knew we should have stayed on the other side of the fence. A mistake. Boom. Dad, dad, <laughs> dad, 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 um, I've been thinking a lot about the the globe therapy and the whooping and me constantly just sort of complaining about being blind and whatnot. And I just want to say something. You were right, Dad. Really? Because yeah. um, I had a change of heart, man. I, you know, I thought about the whooping that I didn't give you. I was just thinking about giving you. Uh -huh. I thought to myself, break the cycle. Uh huh. You know, there are better ways for people learning than uh, through violence or the oh. threat of violence. Yeah, you know, I was kind of confused, Dad, too, because, you know, I, I, I did try to tell them in the therapy about the whoopings and the, mm. I guess I didn't know the difference because, mm. I, you know, not having ever seen a whooping, I just thought talking about a whooping was you know, the same thing. You know, I told thing. you to start using those little fingertips and you can feel out the belt and you would know the difference between that and a hug. Oh, I, oh. I do, I do understand now. 
And there you have it. Globular uh, Therapy Associates has delivered yet another revolutionary breakthrough. You're welcome. And the moral of the story is... Always. Look. For. Beaner. Pastures. <laughs> that was fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, who's having a steak after this? Huh? I'm, I'm starving. starving. I know I am. <laughs> At least the burger. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I am definitely going over to Whataburger to celebrate Texas style, the uh, killing of, of cattle. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the, I didn't know what the restaurant was. What was that? Um, oh, Bucky's is a gigantic gas station. It's a uh, it's a mega gas station. Bunkies, by the way, is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I'm glad that's what Bucky's is because I've never been to one, but I have seen it somewhere and I assumed it like a mini mart, but like a big mm, one. mega mega mini. Like a mega, yeah, they have mega a lot of stuff, right? They have like yeah. they buy all sorts of stuff. And oh. terrible politics, because this is Texas. So, yeah, but that's nice. The Bucky's is, is political? Everything's political now. Um, well, this show has been brought to you by Bucky's, which in no way paid any compensation for the show at all. Or Bunkies, either one. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, um, before we sign off and let everyone go, I just want to um, give um, my guests a chance for some shameless self-promotion. Um, I'll start with you, Dwayne. Um, is there anything you'd like to, to tell us about? Where can people find you on the internet, the socials, and um, uh, maybe send you some money one way or another? Yeah, first of all, don't look for me. Uh, but if you have to, you can find me on Instagram at, at dcolbert01. Um, as far as uh, things I want to promote, uh, nothing's going on right now. It's pretty slow in the business, but uh, I am still teaching uh, sketch comedy level two at the Pack Theater. You can find that at the Pack Theater's uh, website under classes. And I can vouch for Dwayne as a great teacher. Um, I uh, I did take sketch from a Dwayne, and um, and uh, I really enjoyed. It. He's a great teacher, really positive and supportive, encouraging, and gives you a lot of chances to grow. And that was a, it's a great class, highly recommend it. And you can take the class from anywhere in the world. It is offered online. Um, and um, I have taught it, it to people all over the world. And thank you for saying that, Billy. You were not paid to say that. I was not paid to say that. I, I did pay money to say that, which is. Because oh, I'm, for the class, yes. But yeah, I did pay money for the class. Um, uh, yeah. Um, Kelly, where can people find you on the socials, the internet, elsewhere? Um, you know, the us the usual suspects, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and until it gets banned at <laughs> Kelly Kelly Shea, K-E-L-L-I-S-H-E-A. Aside from that, you could probably find me at my house with my child because it's really hard to leave with a baby. <laughs> Are we doing parachute time yet, or it's still too young for parachute? I don't even time know what that is. Is that thing? Oh I my know? god! Uh, okay. uh, well, you got some. You got some fun in store for you. Uh, parachute every day. time is awesome. Every That's day with coming. kids, they're like tummy time and sleep training. It's like God, just leave me I alone. <laughs> I know. My parents gave me a lighter and a pack of cigarettes and told me to figure it out. And look at you now, Billy. Be you're still, a lawyer. Smoke up, kids. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My dad does occasionally listen to this podcast. I'm just giving you shit, Dad. Okay. You're a great dad. <laughs> Andy, where can people find you? I am mostly invisible. I'm mostly off the grid. Uh, I do. I am in a couple of improv teams around town. I'm on a team. Uh, called the Chaperones, uh, made up of older uh, 
improvisers. Uh, and every fourth Friday at eight o'clock, you can find us at the clubhouse. The clubhouse is in uh, Hollywood area. Yep. Um, around Vermont and Sunset. Yep. And if you're around there on a Wednesday night, you can find me on a different team called uh, German Supermarket Ooh. with uh, We Improv. Ooh. And awesome. Where you find me. All right, thanks, Andy. Uh, Kristen. If you happen to be in the Austin area, first of all, I apologize for all the Texas slurring that I have done in this episode. What I do, I will say right now is that I love it here. Thank you so much, uh, adopted state. Uh, if you're Did in they the make Austin you area, say that, Kristen? No, I just have fear for my life. Um, uh, and you're interested in taking improv. I teach uh, a couple levels of hideout. Theater is, is hideout, but then British spelling of theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Um, uh, theater and I teach adults there. I teach kids at Colt Town through their excused absence program. Uh, and I teach uh, neurodivergent teens through Hideouts Building Connections program. And I teach storytelling at Merlin Works. Thank you so much, Kristen. I wanna thank you all for being on the show today. This was a ton of fun, great guests. Um, and thank you so much. Uh, let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.